What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Energy Fitness Podcast. I'm glad you're here. I'm going to do a quick episode today, a little protein paradigm shift. Going to look into a new study that was performed at the end of 2023, or published rather, at the end of 2023 on protein intake and recovery. We're going to dive into this study. It challenges common beliefs about post-exercise recovery and protein intake. I'm excited about it because <laughs> this is something that I've been skeptical about for a long time. And basically what they did is they debunked the idea that the anabolic response to feeding, uh, particularly protein intake, has an upper limit post-exercise. So researchers took muscle biopsies and blood levels within 10 hours of feeding and had three different groups in the study, making this a, a very good in-depth study. Uh, one group consumed no meal after their workout. The second group consumed 25 grams of protein and the third group consumed 100 grams of protein post-workout. And like I said, I'll drop the study and citations in the show notes. Contrary to the belief that excess amino acids are oxidized, Right, you've probably heard, you know, maybe even heard me say this because up until I read the study, I believed this to be true, that all your extra protein and amino acids just got pissed out um, and that they weren't utilized. Well, it turns out that that's not true. Thankfully, this study reveals that ingesting 100 grams of protein leads to a greater and more prolonged, more than 12-hour anabolic response compared to the 25-gram group. Obviously, the zero-gram group uh, had the lowest response. <laughs> they still did get a response. Exercise is very important. You have to exercise to get you know, muscle growth, obviously. But the 100-gram protein group got a greater and more prolonged anabolic response. The research demonstrates a dose response increase in dietary protein-derived plasma amino acid availability, showing its incorporation into muscle protein, proving an enhanced increase in, pro in muscle protein synthesis in participants consuming 100 grams versus 25 grams of protein post-workout. Interestingly, a large protein meal after exercise further boosts whole body protein net balance in various protein synthesis rates, while protein ingestion has a negligible impact on breakdown rates of amino acid oxidation. These findings challenge previous underestimations of the magnitude and duration of the anabolic response to protein ingestion in humans. And as I read the study, it was honestly a breath of fresh air for me, guys. If you've read either of my books, you know that I dive deep into ancestral living, and to be frank, that style of living you know, probably saved my life. And the old paradigm or common knowledge on protein intake, especially post-workout, and for the sake of muscle growth, muscle growth always confused me um, from the ancestral thought point. Uh, the old idea and models suggested that the human body could only handle or digest and properly utilize about 40 to 45 grams of protein per meal or per serving, per sitting, and the rest would just be oxidized or peed out. Uh, I'm a natural lifter and protein intake, timing, you know, post-exercise, nutrition are very important for me uh, just to make sure that I gain and keep the muscle that I work hard to obtain. So I listened to the scientists on, you know, the previous knowledge and, you know, I used the whole about 0.8 grams of protein per pound you weigh per day for maximum muscle growth. 
in recovery. Um, but it was always said that you could only handle about 40 grams at a time, which meant for someone like me, I needed to eat at least five meals per day containing about 40 grams of protein. And for high level athletes and bodybuilders and people like that, they may you know, be in upwards of eight meals per day trying to reach their protein goal, but spreading it out so that they were able to utilize all of their amino acids. But thank God this study says that that's all bullshit. <laughs> and rounding it back to ancestral living, I always thought uh, about this paradigm with a lot of skepticism because it didn't make much sense to me ancestrally. Omnivores and carnivores alike that are also monogastric like humans with similar gut characteristics, they don't eat five large meals a day to be healthy. They don't get a kill and then just eat a fifth of it now, a fifth of it mid-afternoon, the other fifth <laughs> for lunch, another fifth is a snack, another fifth for dinner. They don't split it up like that. And the human gut is very similar to that of carnivorous monogastric mammals. And all of them eat massive amounts of protein in one sitting um, like for, for that same example, they get a kill or a successful hunt and they sit there and they gorge over that kill. And for one, you know, as we know, meat, fresh meat does not last all that long when you are a carnivore in the wild and don't have a refrigerator or salt, uh, you know, a way to really take hold of that. Um, it doesn't last all that long. So you eat a lot of it now. The very important parts of it you eat right now, you share with your friends, your pack, your your tribe, your pride, your you know troop, whatever it is, you share it. And once it's all gone, you may not eat another high protein meal again for four to ten days. That's just how things were and are ancestrally and, and still are today for our you know carnivorous mammal friends and relatives. It's normal for them, and yet they stay war ready killer ready hunter ready in between those big protein meals and even maybe 10 days later they're still a beast and are capable of hunting down a beast as well and so i always thought why and how could humans be so different well it turns out they're not <laughs> and i'm glad to know that because um, it, it it feeds me with joy to know that my skepticism was right i'm sure you guys have felt that way before so anyways, who does this information really pertain to? Well, everybody, obviously, but in particular, athletes, fitness enthusiasts, um, any individual involved in sports or exercise routines um, would benefit significantly from this information, but also people who consider themselves hard gainers, like people that exercise often, but don't seem to pack on the muscle or lose the fat they desire quickly. Also, older individuals that wish to remain healthy Around the age of 55 to 60, people can begin to experience sarcopenia or muscle wasting and experience a difficult time keeping muscle on their bones. And this information can be very helpful for that. Understanding the optimal protein intake for post-exercise recovery is crucial for maximizing muscle protein synthesis and overall performance. The findings in this study suggest that ingesting a larger amount of protein 100 grams compared to 25 grams results in a greater and more prolonged anabolic response, positively impacting muscle protein synthesis rates. This knowledge can be applied by athletes and fitness professionals as well as you know older people in tailoring their nutritional plans to enhance recovery and promote muscle growth. Uh, moreover, 
Those involved in muscle building or rehab programs may find value in adjusting their protein intake strategies based on these insights. By optimizing the timing and quantity of their protein ingestion, individuals can potentially improve their outcomes and achieve better results in terms of muscle protein balance in shorter time frames. Overall, this information can be a game changer for anyone seeking to fine tune their nutrition to support physical performance, recovery, and muscular health. It underscores the importance of personalized dietary approaches in the realm of exercise and fitness. What protein is the best source? Well, you already know my personal opinion on that. (laughs) I don't care what fucking diet you rep, what colors you wear, (laughs) amino acids are the essential micros we need from protein. So you need proteins with full amino acid profiles. If you are unaware of what protein sources are the most bioavailable and have the fullest amino acid profile, then go check out episode number 44 titled Ancestral Nutrition. And also for more information on fat loss, check out episode 36 titled Fat Loss, where I dive deep into metabolism and the other macros and how to burn fat or lose fat and not weight, right? Lose fat, not just lose weight. You know, adipose tissue, the fat you don't want. And some key takeaways from this episode and from this study are that a large protein meal post-workout is extremely beneficial and it appears that there are no diminishing results to how much protein you can consume post-exercise. Quality matters. Find good quality protein, local if available, full amino acid profile, and accessory consistent. That's my note in that one there. That's not from the study. That's something I just want to add to make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck. Get good quality protein. Um, Less is not more. It is unnecessary to spread out your protein intake over five to seven meals like it was once thought, which is good news for you fasters, intermittent fasters out there is you don't have to try to reach your protein goal in just one meal, I'm sorry, in five to seven meals per day and try to squeeze those into a small eating window or pack on, you know, three days worth of protein in one day because you fasted for, you know, two or three days. Um, That's not important. You don't have to do that anymore. That's unnecessary and not true. If you're exercising, you can, you know, it looks like you can have at least you know, up to 100 grams, this is what was studied before any diminishing results in the study didn't show any uh, inclination towards the decline if you went over 100 grams. So I'm going to start experimenting on myself with that. Um, Like I said, that's good news. So maybe in just um, in just one or two sittings, you can get all of your protein in and then you can fast the rest of the day. And, uh, and that's pretty much it. Um, I'll cite uh, the references and everything to the study in the show notes. Um, just so you guys have that as well. Thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. That's why I tried to make this one a short one. Um, Just some good information straight to your ears. Uh, Before I let you go, let's talk about the sponsors really quick. Thank you for hanging in this long. And remember that the Energy Fitness Podcast is sponsored by Energy Fitness Studio in Washington, Pennsylvania, where you can come build muscle. You can come get your exercise in. You can come burn some fat with us. You can swing some kettlebells. You can do a bar Pilates workout. You can do some yoga sculpt. You can do a yoga flow. You can come meditate. You can even come take ice plunges with us. Whatever your heart desires for you to achieve your best and most optimal self, one that you truly love and respect, The Energy Fitness Podcast is also sponsored by the book sales of Rewilding the Modern Man, my most recent book, 
about optimizing your hormones, specifically testosterone. For all you fellas out there, optimizing your testosterone naturally. And this podcast is also sponsored by the book sales of Awakening the Tranquil Warrior, written by my wife, Caitlin Sweet, and myself, Trenton Sweet, uh, about our fitness journey from the beginning until about where we are now. This book was published uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago. And you can check that out and you can read about all the ancestral living hacks and, you know, things like grounding and cold plunging, using saunas, using heat, exercising, nutrition, some cool recipes, some stories through our um, spiritual awakenings and how beautiful and complex (laughs) that has been for our lives. Uh, The way that's changed from infertile and fat to four babies and very fit, fitter than we've ever been in our lives. Uh, Again, thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate and love you guys. Have a good rest of your day.